The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Life as a Life Schooler, where we talk about how to merge life with homeschooling. I'm Danielle Papa Giorgio, and today we are talking to Anna Willis. Anna is the unhurried homeschool mom of three, wife, health coach, social media and online marketing strategist, and blogger. She loves to encourage, inspire, and empower moms to go from stressed to blessed by providing them with the tips, strategies, and resources they need to succeed. Anna is the founder of They Call Me Blessed and Hebrew for Homeschoolers and the creator of Five Days to Your Best Homeschool Years, Grow Your Blog Partying in 30 Days, and the Beyond Blessed Life Planners. She also leads a vibrant online community for moms on Facebook. And Anna is also speaking at this year's Life Schooling Conference in July, July 11th through 13th, as well as bringing the daily devotional for us. Welcome, Anna. So happy to have you on my show today. Hey, Danielle. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for your invitation. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you and I have gotten to know each other. We actually had the chance to room together at a blogger conference last fall, which was just so much fun. And it's been really cool to watch your journey of moving into an RV full time and life schooling on the road. So tell us a little bit more about that. What are some of the advantages of that? How do you deal with the unique challenges? Because I'm sure there are unique challenges to that lifestyle. <laughs> we faced one already, didn't we? Trying to, to get this podcast going without the noise from your neighbor outside. That's right. That's so, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing to do what we're doing right now. We wanted to simplify our life. Mm-hmm. We wanted to create memories with our children. We wanted to spend more time together as a family. So we decided to ditch our suburbia house, sell everything that we had, and buy uh, an RV and move full-time into RV out in nature. So that's what we did last year. It's been 13 months already. I can't believe it's been that long. And this year, we are taking off to travel all over North America. So we're super excited. Wow, that is so cool. You know, that's one of the things that I've always wanted to do with our kids because when I was young... Um, I was seven years old and we took a trip across the country and stopped at all these different sites and and we had this pop-up camper and our our big station wagon, you know, the classic 80s station wagon. Yeah. But it was just a blast. I have so many good memories and it really made the life schooling, which I wasn't a homeschooler, but you know, it made it made school for me so much more meaningful because I understood the places we studied. It was like, I've been there, I've been to the St. Louis Arch or, or, you know, Mount Rushmore. And it was just such a memorable time. And it's pretty cool because my dad did the same thing when he was young. I think he was like nine and their family did the same thing. And that's why he did it with us. But I'm like, man, I want to carry on that tradition. It just seems like such a cool thing to do with your family. It is, it is really awesome. We love traveling. We are world travelers. We are very involved with missions. We live in different countries. So when, whenever the opportunity comes for us to pack our bags and go, we're going. I actually just came <laughs> back from 10 weeks away. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize you were gone that long. I knew you had taken a trip, I but was. wow. 
That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I was I was gone for 10 weeks. We just returned to mm. Canada just a few days ago. So we're excited. We're always excited when we, you know, decided to go anywhere and learn yeah. anything. And like you said, when you go to places, you can't forget about it. Yeah. And that's what we want. We want to spend that special time as a family, explore the world, uh, go to different places, meet people, meet new cultures, learn new mm -hmm. things. And I think that this is what life schooling is all about, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the way you learn, right? It's through real life and those experiences. You're not going to forget going to a place. You're not going to forget all of the lessons you learn about culture, like you said, and just all those experiences to be together as a family and to make the learning real. That's what sticks with you. I mean, you compare that to a textbook about geography and history. There's no comparison. It just doesn't, no, there's, it doesn't yeah, compare. You can't compare at all. So tell us a little more about that trip. What did your kids learn and, and what kind of stuff did you do? Okay, so this time we were just down in Florida, and okay. I was in Brazil as well for two weeks. But it was amazing just the change of vegetation and weather mm -hmm. and going to alligator farms and different oh, cool. places, the Everglades, and, and just going, even to Disney World. You know, there's just so <laughs> much to learn at Disney yeah. World, at Center. Oh, I love and that we just tried, Yeah, we just tried to make a lesson out of everything, not a forced lesson, but mm -hmm. it's I believe that learning is organic, it's yes. natural, mm -hmm. and we are very relaxed when it comes to homeschool. Uh, that's, that's why I call myself an unhurried homeschooler. Mm -hmm. uh, I got this actually from the book, um, The Unhurried Homeschooler from Dorinda Wilson. Yes. And, 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 just... and she talks about that, how when uh -huh. we slow down, we actually got to enjoy things in a different level, and that's how mm -hmm. our homeschooling has been, like we have relax a lot, slow down a lot. I believe that less is better because when we do less, we have more time to focus on what we're learning and just soak it in. Mm -hmm. And once we're ready to move on to another topic, we move on to another topic. But we want to make the best out of every learning experience. Right. Well, and studies have shown that that kind of learning is it, it sticks with you long term. You know, we talk about that, but sometimes as moms, we like to have the hard research. And I don't, I don't actually have it to share with, with you all that are listening, but I was just reading in a book the other day, and they have done studies on this that um, compared to kids who study for a test, and this is even kids that do well on the test, um, what you retain from real life sticks with you far longer and is actually more meaningful than what you what you study in a book and what you what you learn to take a test even those kids that do well you know learning that absolutely. way absolutely so it really absolutely. it really does make a difference and just for our listeners sake too you mentioned Dorinda Wilson she's going to be one of our speakers at the life schooling conference this year as well so um, I'm How really exciting. yeah I'm really looking forward to hearing from her because I love Dorinda she just I love her heart and she just has such an important message to share with homeschoolers who are yeah who are just stressed out and trying to trying to do this thing like school um that's not the way learning happens best it just doesn't even though that's what we typically do um, and that's just part of our culture it's not the really the best way and you know you mentioned scheduling and how um, you just believe that learning is organic and and it happens in everyday life i think sometimes I, I struggle because I am such a non 
scheduled person. I mean, I, I try. I really, I really try, but it just never sticks. And I have to reassure myself that even though that's the case, and it is something I need to work on because I think that, that there's a place for schedules and I want my children to learn that skill. So I work on that, but I do have to comfort myself with that knowledge that, that we are learning and it's okay if my weeks kind of look random and we jump from topic to topic because because again, that's what makes the learning real. And I think sometimes we get so into this idea that, oh, you know, if, if this topic comes up and I don't have the lesson plan all organized that we can go through it in some kind of sequential organized way, that somehow they're, they're not gonna get it, they're not gonna remember. And that's just not true. Um, the learning still happens and we just really have to trust the process and trust in the Lord that when we're doing our best, to teach our children and we're doing it um, we're doing it in love from a heart of love from relationship that is what that is just the perfect recipe for learning and our children will learn and it may not look like a super structured household but that's okay it's okay they learn that's right <laughs> that's right I unlike you I can't stick to a strict schedule I am I much rather have a routine mm-hmm. that I follow in place. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I have learned the most in the past three years, actually, um, because I, I used to, I used to say I have I have um, a season one of homeschooling and a season two of homeschooling. <laughs> My season one of homeschooling was very structured, like everything that you were just talking about. You know, mm-hmm. just, I'm a type A. And I had to check off everything out of my list and I had to do everything on the right time. And the result was that we were absolutely miserable. Mm, yeah, it's <laughs> We true. were stressed out. We were miserable. My kids were not even learning to read right. Um, mm. It was really, really stressful for us and something had to change. So that was like my first season of homeschooling. And the second season of homeschooling actually was when I um, became part of a group called Homeschool Scopes, led by um, Melanie Wilson, which is one of my greatest homeschool buddies, mm-hmm. and a mentor in my life, as, as well as Dorinda Wilson. And mm-hmm. I've learned too much. I mean, I've learned so much for both of them. <laughs> I've learned to relax. I've learned to just enjoy the process, enjoy the journey of homeschooling right. and, you know, just taking it slow and make memories with my children. Mm-hmm. And, and as you just mentioned, like we are parenting as we homeschooling. And one of the things that struck me the most is that as we teach them on a day-to-day basis, that we're also parenting their hearts, that we are taking care of teaching them character and taking care that we're building a strong faith foundation in their lives and all of those things became more important to me than just the academics as Mm -hmm. you know it was my priority on season one of homeschooling my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) season two has been just amazing and out of these changes in experiences for better that's when I became a homeschool blogger and I started sharing my experience with other moms and, and and, and just start helping them to go from stress to blessed, because that's exactly how I see that happened in my life. And right. it made a huge difference. It made a huge difference. And another thing that I was going to mention too, Danielle, is that I've learned to be flexible. Mm-hmm. And I think that flexibility is key for you to find joining your homeschool. Yes. And 
you know, especially in situations that you're not in control. And it has happened to us when we moved from across the country. It has happened to us when I lost a baby last year. We just had to be flexible. Mm-hmm. And and that moment, we had to just adapt and adjust to the season. And homeschooling is just a blessing because you got to mold and shape the way that you need for the season that you're going through. Right, right. And that's something, I mean, that's such a beautiful thing about homeschooling is that we do have the ability to be flexible because, you know, a lot of times it can look tempting to just put our kids in school and let the system take care of them and everything gets done in that checkbox kind of way like you were talking about. We think that's freedom and it's really not. There's this false sense of security there. Um, but you're, you become a slave to that system, and you have to get your kids there by a certain time every single day. You have to have their lunches packed every single day. I mean, it's, it's not as easy as we sometimes can think it is. And not to mention that they're, they're really not learning as much as in a homeschool that um, is focused on relationship and getting to our children's hearts and, and enjoying the learning process. I just think that... A natural result of all of that is the academic learning when we focus on the relationships and focus on enjoying what we're learning and particularly our children's giftings so we're gonna kind of bounce off of that I know I, I always tell people I, I sort of wing it you know we have this list of questions here <laughs> but we're, we're gonna bounce off of that real quick tell me a little bit about the uh, gifts that you've seen in your own children's lives and how have you sort of tailored the education to um, help them grow those gifts and encourage those gifts that God has put in them for a purpose? Absolutely. Um, I want to mention quickly in that book, The Unhurried Homeschooler from Dorinda Wilson, Mm -hmm. one of the things that she stressed about uh, in the book is she advises to become students of our children Mm, and when we are homeschooling our children we really get to know them we get to know their hearts we get to know their thoughts and we have amazing conversations it strengthens our relationship but then you get to see their natural gifts and talents and what they are passionate about it in an everyday basis right Mm -hmm. and i quickly saw since the beginning that my son benjamin who's 10 now and he started to homeschool he was four he is a little engineer like his dad. He's, hmm. He loves um, math and science. He loves building stuff. So his hands are always in his Legos and connects. And he's putting uh, little motors together and hmm. making, you know, Ferris wheels and all kinds <laughs> of different things with his little pieces of connects or Legos. And he just loves engineering. He loves STEM. He loves things like that so um, I allow him to explore that side that he's so passionate about it my middle daughter Hadassah she is very artistic she loves drawing singing dancing she loves classical music playing the piano Uh, she loves creative writing well Benjamin hates writing but loves (laughs) reading you know they're so different they have different personalities and Mm -hmm. they have different interests and then my youngest one, who's seven, she's certain she's going to become a doctor she's, since she was three. And <laughs> she will read everything about the human body 
and she absolutely loves science. Anything that has to do with biology and the human body, whatever, zoology, all of those things, like she loves it. And she's, like I said, she thinks she's going to be a doctor. She says, she keeps saying for the past four years, she's going to be a doctor. She's very compassionate. So you see her heart to help people as well in the everyday life. And um, it's just like, it's so cool to see their gifts being developed and just allowing them to grow and to exercise that area that they're so passionate about it. So for Benjamin this year, we're super excited. We're working towards taking them to space camp. Oh, neat. And he's just over the moon counting the days to go to space camp. And, I mean, I think this is going to be great for him. And Hadassah, uh, I'm pretty sure she's going to, you know, take some ballet camps during the summer <laughs> <laughs> or music camp. This is what she loves to do. So, yeah, homeschooling allows us to really know our children in a, in a whole different level. And right. I can say this because um, I I wasn't homeschooled. My parents were never home. They were far um interested in growing their career and growing their businesses and being home with us. I'm sure they loved us, but they love us. They are amazing parents today. Um, but I barely saw my parents. And I don't think my parents knew us at all. They they didn't know the things that we did, good or bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we were always in trouble, actually. <laughs> and they, they were just not there for us. And they know that because we talk a lot about it today. And they're mm-hmm. they so uh, help us like they, they really encourage us to continue to homeschool our children and do what we're doing That's they really great. recognize that that is the best thing that we can do for our children they wish they had done this but back then for them was not even an option they never heard of homeschooling uh, we grew up in brazil so it wasn't a thing there until a few years ago and yeah and i think that um, i'm being able also to give them a, a whole different um opportunity to connect with their parents, you know, to be connected, mm-hmm. to be present in their lives that I didn't have growing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's the neat thing is that we're standing on the shoulders of our parents and then our children are, are going to get to stand on, on our shoulders, uh, you know, and, and hopefully do even better than we do. So it's just, there's always, there's always that, um, that hope and that opportunity, which is, and it's just really neat that we have this privilege to, um, to homeschool our children, regardless of, of um, how we were educated. So it's just exciting, right. exciting to see. And, you know, I want to go back to, you were talking about how um, just focusing on your children's gifts and how you've just seen them blossom through this. One of the things I wanted to mention, a couple points on this, actually. Um, one thing is that I think that parents can be hesitant, like, well, but they need to have the math and they need to have the writing. And we get kind of focused on that. And, and we don't realize that a lot of these things, like you're saying, they happen organically, they happen naturally. And we can't be afraid to allow our children that time to focus on their gifts, because the interesting thing is that a lot of the other academics do come into play just as a natural mm-hmm. result. You know, you're talking about your son is an engineer and he really doesn't enjoy writing, but I bet he would enjoy writing a little more if he was writing about a famous engineer or, you know, if if there was a particular 
project that required some writing with it, an engineering project, he would probably be okay with that, you know? So, I, yeah, I think th- this week actually had a, an amazing breakthrough with his writing, which I was so excited about it. <laughs> yeah, but because it is involving what he's passionate about it, he's willing to go the extra mile. Right, right. And it's funny, I heard um, just this past weekend, I went to a blogger retreat, and one of the ladies there was talking about her son and how he just hated writing, and he really struggled with this, and just just really um, wasn't the greatest writer. So she put him in some type of writing program, and again, he just struggled through and hated it. Well, then... A little while later, he has a passion for scouting, and I guess, um, I think it was his Eagle Scout uh, uh, qualification, or whatever you call it. He was trying to earn that, and it required him to write this three-page paper, and he whipped that thing out and gave it to her, and she was like, he, or, or I think maybe she did it for, he did it for his father, and then she was away somewhere. She came back, and he handed her this paper. She read it. And she's like, wait a minute, who wrote this? Did my, <laughs> did our son write this? And so it just shows, it goes to show that when there's a motivation, when kids can see the real value in the work that they're doing and they're motivated and it's something to do with their interest, that's when we're going to see, um, we're going to see the results and, and we're going to see the progress. So I think I just really want to mention that as encouragement to those who may be a little fearful that it, it's going to get out of control if we let our kids focus on their gifts and that they're really not going to get everything that they need. Uh, there will be ways. And sometimes it's surprising how that comes about. But God always, God always makes sure that we're not going to take a wrong turn. You know, if we seek him first, all these things will be added, Matthew six thirty three. That's a theme verse of our Absolutely. homeschool. And I've just seen it play out over and over. And the other thing I wanted to mention, too, about allowing our children to pursue these passions, I think another frustration that parents can have is, and I've seen this with my kids, particularly my daughter, she's very creative and she has a lot of interests, but she'll, um, you know, some of those have stayed consistent throughout her life. But there have been these times when she's gone off on, you know, it was archery for a while, and she wanted to learn all about that, and she um, wanted a bow and arrow, and she was big time into that, spending a lot of time outside shooting her arrows, and then it just kind of stopped, and she doesn't do that all that often anymore, and I think parents can get frustrated, like, well, I've invested this time and allowed you to do this, and now you're not doing it anymore all of a sudden, but I think we have to, again, look at the big picture, and what they're learning through these things, even if they don't last for a lifetime, we can't look at it so much as, well, they're not sticking to stuff. Um, this is the time in their That's life. That's right. You know, this is the time in their life when they should be allowed to experiment a bit. They don't know who they are, you know? Like, they're trying to discover, who am I? Am I an archer? I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I'm, I was the kind of person that, you know... I would start something, get really excited about it, and then after a while, I'd go like, no, I want to explore something else, and I did that Mm -hmm. over and over again. Like, I started, (laughs) I wanted to be a dentist, and I wanted to be an architect, and I wanted to be a lawyer, (laughs) you know, like, I just kept changing things, and I kept changing hobbies, but you know what, we need to think that um, every skill that we learn 
it's valuable and it right. can be used in the future as well. Right. And you're talking about like bow and arrow and all those things. And then you think about it, if you learn and if you work really hard, what you really learn is concentration and focus. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's about mm-hmm. aiming the goal. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily just the, the bow and arrow, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, you're learning really powerful skills. Right. And, um, right. you know, like, let's say, oh, I decided oh, I'm going to run now. So I'm going to, you know, do running for I don't know how long. And you're learning perseverance. Mm-hmm. So you need to you need to see that all of those things are teaching our kids something important. Exactly. Even if it's just for a short season. But everything is valuable and everything counts. Right. And God uses all of it. Those skills, they transfer over into other areas that we can't see in the future what they may be involved with long term. But all of those skills, like you're saying, yeah, they're absolutely going to transfer and God's not going to waste any of them. So I think it's. Yeah, I think that no, no amount of learning is wasted ever. It right. doesn't matter for how long you have learned something. You know, like I went to dentist dentist school for a while, and mm-hmm. uh, even though I hate it when it came to anatomy classes and all of those things, I believe that what I've learned there really, you know, um, helped me now that I'm teaching my kids a lot of those things. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's Absolutely. not wasted. Nothing is wasted. And it's, it's good for them to explore things and find what they really love. I thought I was going to be a dentist, and I just wasn't, you know, cut for it. <laughs> I ended up actually, I ended up doing IT, and that's what I, I made. I graduated, and then later on, when I became a believer, I went to Bible college, got a degree in theology. Then I went to Israel, got a degree in, in biblical and Jewish studies. <laughs> Nothing to do with teeth. <laughs> it's funny. Life is an adventure. It's, it's kind of like that, isn't it? Um, it is, it is. But, but yeah, everything that I learned in IT, I use today as a blogger. You know, right, right. I had I, no, all this computer knowledge. Right. It, it, it helped me. I had no idea you were in IT. That's cool. My husband's yeah, was. in <laughs> IT. <laughs> uh, but you know, here's the advantage too, Anna, is with our children, they can explore these things when they're young. They're not in this system where they have to learn this set group of information every year of their lives and they're sort of on this on this conveyor belt type of education they can explore who they are now so that way they maybe don't have to spend thousands of dollars for dental school later and realize they don't really like it <laughs> you That's know right. so right. it's a real and, advantage and I think that it's a big advantage because the other thing too is that i see a lot of young people coming out of school coming out of high school and they go to college, but they have no idea what they want to major yeah. at. They yeah. have just no clue. That's sad. So they go to college, which co- costs a fortune in North America. We know that, right? In mm-hmm. Brazil, we have the chance to go to, to, to universities where we don't pay a penny for it. You can oh. be a doctor, you can be a lawyer without spending any money whatsoever. The wow. only thing that you need to make sure you do is that you work really hard to pass five days of testing. But if mm-hmm. you do that, like it happened to me, I passed actually in second place. And you mm. can have all your education, you know, for free. Wow. But that's not the case in North America. So you no. can't really afford paying thousands and thousands of dollars for your kid for the first and second year, have no clue what they're doing. So. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So 
Okay, so let's, um, we're kind of doing this opposite. We probably should have talked about this first, but how did you start homeschooling? How did your journey in, into all of this begin? And, and I know it was sort of a, a um, you know, you did schooling sort of the traditional way at the beginning, the homeschooling, um, which is typical of most of us. But what even got you interested in that to begin with? I think my interest in homeschooling came about when my son was actually nine months old. We had a um, a good group of homeschoolers in Jerusalem while we were living there. And we were invited for a few activities, participate in a few activities with them. Like he was nine months old. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we loved it. I loved the vision. I loved that they were teaching their kids. Um, the Bible, they were teaching them that faith foundation, but yet they, all the kids were excelling academically and they were exploring, they were learning different things. Um, so I loved the idea and I, I talked to my husband right away and I said, I, I really want to do this one day. But when we moved back to North, to North America, it was a bit chaotic. I had two toddlers and a baby on the way. I was um, hired to be a pastor full-time. We were both pastors at that time. And I was working nonstop. I was just working nonstop, both of us. And uh, we felt like we just had to put the kids in school. We had to put our, our oldest son in school and our middle daughter in um, daycare. And the baby worked with me <laughs> and the baby rest for 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> I carried her. I was really glad that um, my office at the church had a door to the nursery. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when I had to counsel somebody, you know, when I had meetings and stuff, I could just put her in the nursery and uh, and do the work that I needed to get done. So it was really a blessing. Um, but when Benjamin went to school here in, in Canada, the first year we put him in a Catholic uh, although we are Protestant, we put him in a Catholic public school, and we thought, like, well, maybe being in a Catholic public school is going to be better than being just in a secular public school. Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't have a good experience at all. Mm -hmm. And, in fact, I um, had a book sent home to read to him called A Tale of Two Mamas. Mm -hmm. He was only four, and I kind of freaked out because wow. I don't think – any kid has the maturity to understand what is to have two fathers or two mothers or anything right. like that. And I know that the culture is pressing us to uh, make it look normal, but yet it's not normal. Um, mm. You know, you just look at the statistics around you. Like, how many couples do you know they're like fathers and mothers? And how many do you know they're, you know, two moms or two dads? I mean, the, the percentage is too little uh, mm -hmm. to make it normal, right? So, mm -hmm. um and I thought it was very confusing for a child to wrap their heads around this. Yeah. So I'm just being being honest. No, I, <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. And we have to be honest. We have to be bold about this topic because it's it's not good. It's not healthy for children. And it's, it's just they're not ready. They're not mature enough to talk no. about things like that. No. And no. especially so at that time, the whole gender identity was becoming really, really strong in Ontario where we were. And um, that was another thing that really concerned us. And, and I kept, you know, coming from a Jewish background, I kept just thinking, you know, 
when we're when we're coming from a Jewish family, we'll never send our kids to be educated by a Muslim or by a Christian or by you know by somebody else. Like normally, like you send it to Jewish educators. Mm-hmm. And same thing, like being a Christian today, you know, we want our kids to have a Christian education. So why am I sending my child to this supposedly Catholic public school who was teaching, you know, mm-hmm. teaching them all of those things that we did not agree with that was very, very confusing for his head. So we decided we were going to take him off school and we were going to start homeschooling. And even though we were both working at that time, we simply made it happen. We took turns staying with the kids at home and we took turns teaching the kids. That's great. Well, and I I like that you said you made it happen because I think too often people are trying to figure out how they can make it work and they're running the numbers and they're, they're doing their own, um, you know, they're, they're thinking about things the wrong way. Um, we need to trust in the Lord. And if he's called us to homeschool, then we need to just do it and he will make it happen. We need to trust in him and, and just, um, just do it, you know, and and make it happen um, because he'll he'll fill in the holes for us. So something else I wanted to talk about, you mentioned missions. And one of the big things about uh, life schooling, the definition is the individualized process of discovering your child's God-given gifts and talents, primarily through real life experiences that happen within the context of your family's unique situations and missions. And I really believe that this is a big key with homeschooling. It should be a big part of homeschooling is having a mission, not just not just a mission like we think of, of a family mission, um, you know, something you write down. I know a lot of homeschoolers do that, and that's great. But I mean an actual, this is the ministry that we're involved with kind of thing, whether that's going to a nursing home regularly or um, or just doing simple things like helping out the neighbors or helping people from church on a regular basis. I think that is so important because ultimately, why are we created? We're created to glorify God. We're created to um, love God is the first commandment Jesus said. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. And so right. I believe that those are the two main things we need to be teaching our children is how to love God and how to love our neighbor as ourselves, um, our neighbors as ourselves. So, so I do think this is a very important piece. Share with, us, share with us a little bit about that and how you've done ministry with your children and, and gone to different countries and done missions. I'd like to hear more on that. I, I think uh, missions change the heart of any person. Mm-hmm. I want my kids to be compassionate about other people and other cultures, and I want them to love the nations. You know, I want them to mm-hmm. love Israel where they were born. I love them to to love the nations. Um, we, my husband's from South Africa. His parents are from Zambia, Zimbabwe. My parents are from Brazil. We came to America 25 years ago. Um, we have lived in different countries. Ryan and I have lived in Israel for five years. We lived in Brazil for a year and a little bit. And we have always taken the kids everywhere with us. My son, by the time that he was two years old, he had been to 10 countries, more than a lot of others that I know. <laughs> wow. More than me. <laughs> he was in, yeah, he was in Ethiopia and Swaziland and South Africa and so wow. many different countries. And, 
yeah, we we had the chance to take them since little and show them what what life is about and what is what is life like in different countries. Mm-hmm. And and I think that teaches the kids a lot of things. One, do they have to be compassionate about other people and other nature? Mm-hmm. They need to be. They need to learn the value of everything that they have in life and understand. There's a lot of people out there that don't have the privilege that we have here. Don't have the comfort that we have here, like running water or mm-hmm. the foods that we go to Costco and buy on demand, whatever we want, and and all of those things, you know, or even like having a car to drive my kids, like having my minivan. When we went to Brazil, we had two bicycles. Oh, and wow. <laughs> we had we, we had a bike everywhere because we couldn't afford a car there. And we lived in Israel. We had to walk a lot and get the bus a lot. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, you know, those things are very important. I, I do believe I always tell people this. I know that people love sending people to camps here. But I believe if you send your kids to a mission overseas, mm-hmm. you are going to change their lives forever. Yeah. Forever. I yeah. think it's so impactful. I think it's it's really life changing. And one of the goals that we have for the next year or two is that we want to start taking homeschoolers to Israel with us. We mm. want to take them for not just for tours. I mean, we've done this. We, we've taken groups to Israel. Last group we took to Israel, actually, we had 42 young adults from all over the world. But we want to take families to Israel with us, and we want them to experience the land. We want them to experience what is, you know, a Shabbat with the family. And we want them to have hands-on projects to do with Holocaust survivors and even with soldiers, with IDF soldiers. And we want them to serve um, other families as they go there. We want to give them like a whole lot, a huge, um, how do you call it, like a really an, an amazing experience. So they're going to go to the Holy Land. They're going to go to the places. They're going to learn everything. But they also they're gonna serve the people of that country, yeah. and and perhaps later on we're even gonna take you know uh, God willing we're gonna be able to take also groups to Brazil, into South Africa, and that's that's one of the goals that we have within our ministry. Wow, that's really neat, Anna. I love that idea, and I want to go to Israel. So I'll sign. I would love for you to come <laughs> with me. Oh my goodness, we'll have so much um, time. Yes. Oh, that would be so awesome. That's on my bucket list for sure. I want to go to Israel and just walk where Jesus walked, and I think it would just make the Bible come alive. Absolutely. To, I mean, that's some good life schooling right there, and some it is, some it is. valuable. I, life I, I tell people, I tell people all the time. You know, read your Bible and never been to Israel is the same as. You're reading textbooks about, you know, uh, medicine and, and mm-hmm. all of this stuff and, and becoming a doctor without never practicing. It's yeah. just weird. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're just reading about it, but you don't know. So uh-huh. yeah, I tell people, go into Israel one time. It's worth more than 20 years of Sunday school. There's no question. Yeah. Because yeah. when you go there, the Bible does become, become a life. Like you, when you read uh, tax in the Bible, you go like, I, I know this place. Mm-hmm. I've been there. It's real. And I think that a lot of problems with our youth today is that they're reading the Bible and they're not sure if that whole thing is real. And that was one of the reasons why we took a lot of young adults to Israel as well while we were there. It's because we wanted those young adults to know that Israel is real, the Bible is real, and and. You know, they could trust God. Right. It wasn't a fairy tale. It wasn't just stories. 
right. so long ago. Like it's it's a real thing. It's a real place, and and the Bible is true. Right. That's really cool. I love that. And I think just going back to what you're saying about you know having to bike everywhere in in Brazil and and walk everywhere in Israel. That really teaches our kids when they have to go through experiences like that and, and experience kind of a quote unquote hardship, you know, mm-hmm. to, to other people, this is very normal. I think it gets us outside of our spoiled American mindset and makes us recognize how much we have and to be grateful because we can complain about so many different things and think life is so hard if if we don't get the kind of meal we want for dinner or whatever. Um, yeah. So I think that's just great. I, I think that um, that's it's right. important. If you, if you send them to Africa, man, they have no choice what they're going to eat. And it's what they put mm. you on the table or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to eat nothing. <laughs> you're going to be hungry. <laughs> so uh, I think that, that that teaches them a lot. It teaches yeah. them a lot. And one of the things that I want my kids to learn since early age is that they they have the power to adapt. To any situation anywhere they go mm-hmm. and and right. you know it's it's life is not perfect mm-hmm. and when they know that they can adapt they can adjust and, and that's one of the goals also with those RVs throughout North America is adapting to different places that we go and, and weather and all this stuff and I know it's nothing compared to what we've done traveling around the world but um, we want them to be resourceful we want mm-hmm. them to learn to adjust to situations and places mm-hmm. yeah and I just think just the opportunity to be so close as a family. It's one thing to be in a 2,000 square foot house together with your family, but to be in a little RV all the time, you got to learn a lot about dying to self, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. We have 370 square feet. Wow. <laughs> and our last house had, had almost like, I think, 2,000. And yeah. Wow. And the one before was a six, be- six bedroom house. Oh. It was huge. Wow. <laughs> we have we have gotten smaller and smaller. And you know what? We've learned that we don't need more than that. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much you can adjust. Yeah, I'm and sure. And now I think about like all those huge houses we had. I'm like, what a waste of space and money <laughs> because they cost us so much money. Right. And now like our housing expenses like less than half than it was before. And we're pretty content and we have space mm-hmm. enough for everybody. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it also, you know, I was just thinking about housework. It's probably done in about five minutes. Oh, that's the best part of it. You have more time. I love it. It's so quick. Five, ten minutes. You got everything clean. You got got your living room and your kitchen mopped. (laughs) That's great. I love it. Well, okay. So I want to talk a little bit because I see you online and doing all this stuff and it's just amazing and I know you do have some help as well but but you're doing so much amazing stuff out there tell us how you balance being a Proverbs 31 businesswoman um, with then homeschooling and and caring for your family because you know you look at that Proverbs 31 woman and and she was a great businesswoman but you know she knew where her priorities were and she um, knew how to how to balance it all so give us a little bit of insight into that. All right. Well, I'm not a Proverbs 31 woman, which I wish I could be. Um, oh, I you, think you are. I think you touched an important part is priorities. My priority is my family and homeschool. I only work one or two hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I have learned to outsource a lot of my work. 
So the technical side of things are done by four amazing virtual assistants that I have that I, I love them and I'm so thankful for them. Mm-hmm. So they do the technical sides of things. Well, so we see I that. Can actually, huh? I was going to say, we see that with the Proverbs 31 woman, right? So you are a Proverbs 31 woman. She yeah, outsourced things, right? Delegating is, is a very important key. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the beginning, I had to do it all because I couldn't pay anybody to do anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, it's tough. And even when I started hiring, you know, when I hired my first uh, uh, VA, Nita, she's She's a blessing in my life. She's really a, a, um, a godly woman and amazing young woman. And mm. uh, when I hired her, like I could barely afford her. But no, you know, seeing the benefits of having somebody doing those technical things so I could be more um, present with my family mm-hmm. was huge. It was worth, even if I didn't make any money after all, <laughs> I think it was still worth because my family came first. Right. Um, so I think delegating, know what your priorities, where your priorities are. Um, if you work from home, have some have some office hours, have some work hours. Mm-hmm. So during the day, I'm with my kids, and then when we're done everything, then I can retreat to my bedroom for two hours, and I can focus on my business for two hours with, without being interrupted. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a huge difference. It makes mm-hmm. a huge difference because those two hours are laser focused. And I'll get done as much as I can without distraction. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the key. Well, and you know, I think it's important, too, for our children to learn that there are some times when they need to let mommy have her time to work because you are helping your family. You're bringing in an income. And they have to learn how to respect those boundaries, too. So I think, I think that's valuable. Yeah, they do. Those are the two times that they know not to interrupt me is, when I wake up in the morning, I first need my time with the Lord before I get out of my room. Mm-hmm. And my kids get up super quiet. They eat breakfast on their own. They sit down and watch TV. I guess because of their, their opportunity as well to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> so they seem super quiet. And I, I can just wake up slowly, have my time with the Lord, get dressed, get ready. And then later on, after homeschool and everything, that they know that they have some free time. They can, you know, play in their room. They can watch something. They can watch a movie or something. Mm-hmm. And, oh, they're going to go swimming with their dad because Ryan comes home at 4. And Ryan's actually such a blessing. Like, he, he takes the kids away knowing that I'm going to need those one or two hours to work. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and, and of course, because he knows that when he comes home and my work is done, then I can give all the attention to him as well. So he's right. been an amazing husband and business partner and he totally understands and, and he always uh works with me to um so I can have that time being very focused in, in in my work that's great I love that so tell us again as we wrap it up tell us again where homeschoolers can go to learn more about you and to get plugged into your community and everything that you're doing there so I blog about homeschooling and motherhood at theycallmeblast.org. And we have an amazing Facebook group called Blast Homeschool Moms. We have another group also called Homeschool Organization. But at Blast Homeschool Moms is where all the action happens. <laughs> <laughs> Every day we have over 3,000 moms in the group and it's completely drama free. We have an engagement <laughs> rate of 87%, which is huge. Wow. All of those moms are always engaged and participating in conversations. We really help each other. We encourage each other. We exchange a lot of information. 
it's been a blessing just to be able to have a, a community that you can plug in uh, into. Because my in my first season of homeschooling, I had no community. I had no mm-hmm. encouragement, no support, um, nothing. I was just totally doing homeschool on my own. And, and during the second season of homeschooling, having a community to do life with and to learn from and to exchange experiences is it's a whole new level. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it, it just feels like I have a place when um, when something is not working well, I can just go to them and immediately I'm going to have like 20 responses like, try this, try that, you know, have mm-hmm. you thought about this? And there is always a solution to the problems. And at the same time, when everything is going well, then I can go and share what's working for us and, and why with other moms who might be going through the same struggles and it's a blessing for them. So right. it is, we, we, it's, it's an amazing homeschool sisterhood. We love it. That's awesome. I, I couldn't be homeschooling without it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I agree. I think you have to have a good community um, that you click with and that you can where you can go for support. It's just so important. We, we don't need to be doing homeschooling alone, just like we don't need to be walking our Christian walk alone. We need a community of believers around us to encourage and support us. So that's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so, it is a blessing. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, Anna, for joining us. This has been just a blast talking to you. I always love talking with you. And I know this is going to be encouragement to a lot of moms. I hope so. I love you, Danielle. I, I'm really looking forward to spending another time with you there in Washington, yes. D.C. I know. <laughs> I know. Me too. I can't wait. So and I'm really honored to be part of the Life Schooling Conference this year. I am really honored. I love you. I love your heart. I love your mm-hmm. vision. I love what you're doing for other homeschool moms. And to just be able to participate in this amazing conference with you. It's it's such a blessing. Thank you so much for inviting me. And thank you for inviting me to the podcast as well. I love talking to you. (laughs) Well, absolutely. I've loved having you here. And I'm just blessed to have you as part of our conference. I can't wait. And it's going to be such a blessing to homeschool moms. So don't forget that you can hear more from Anna this July. Tickets go on sale for the Life Schooling Conference in June. But if you will go on our website now, www.lifeschoolingconference.com, you can click on the Buy Now button and it will actually pop up with a form to put your email and your first name in there. And then you will get a notification the second that those tickets go on sale. So go ahead and do that if you have any interest in the conference. It is going to be free. I just want to remind you of that. So you have nothing to lose, right? So I hope that you all will join us. And that's Life as a Life Schooler. Hope you'll join us next time. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Homeschooling moms, do you ever feel burned out, wondering how all those other moms seem to get it all done? Caring for family, helping at church, running a business, oh yeah, and homeschooling their kids? Well, I want you to quit homeschooling. Yes, I'm serious. I'm Danielle Papagiorgio, and I'm inviting you to attend the free Life Schooling Conference so you can learn to merge life with homeschooling. You see, homeschooling never used to look this way. 
The homeschool pioneers understood that real life and academics didn't have to be segregated or mutually exclusive. They knew how to incorporate learning into everyday life, teaching with a focus on their children's unique giftings so they could be free to learn and grow into the unique individuals God created them to be. And I've invited some of those homeschool pioneers, as well as wise moms and dads who are currently homeschooling, to share some of this life schooling wisdom with you. Online, July 11th through 13th, there will be freebies, contests, and more. To learn more and to sign up, visit www.lifeschoolingconference.com. I hope you'll join us and learn to merge real life with homeschooling.